bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. You have to believe in your small beginnings. Your small beginnings could be the family you came out of. It could be the town or village you were born into. It could be the social standing of your family. It could be your limited education or your limited resources. Each one of us struggles with some small beginning, small capacity, small ability, small experience, small knowledge, small connections, small money, small family background. Sometimes you look at where your family left you and you look at where you wish you could go to. And the distance is so far. Because your family, for generations, has never seen greatness. There are families that if you go generations into the past, has not even seen one person gone to university. One person build a house. One person live a comfortable life. It's just a family of depression. Then maybe you come to ICGC and you hear Pastor Otterbill talk about vision. And so your vision is small, it's big. But your beginning is small. That's your small beginning. If you're going to do great things, you have to believe in your small beginnings. You don't allow your small beginnings to make you feel small about your God or your potential. And although your beginning is small, your God is very big. And when you have small beginnings, there will be mockers, there will be doubters, there will be threats, there will be people who will look down on you, but you must not despise yourself, even if people despise you. You have to believe in your small beginnings. If God wanted you to be born by the richest family, he could have done it easily. If God wanted you to be born in the nicest home, he could have done it easily. But he decided to show forth his manifold grace and power through your life by starting from the smallest place because you are going to grow to be an Amazon river. And someday somebody is going to come to your source and say, look at where he started from and look at how far God has brought him. You don't despise your small beginnings, no matter what it is. If you're going to do great things, you have to begin with the little you have. You have to begin with the little you have. Don't wait for your little to grow before you begin. Start from where you are. Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. He didn't wait for the five loaves, for somebody to give him a hundred loaves or a thousand loaves. He just took what he had and started with it. Our church began in a little classroom, in a small classroom in what is called the Kanda Cluster of Schools. We had nothing, no electricity in that classroom, no drum set, 
No sound system, no PA system, no guitar, no, no trumpet, definitely no air conditioning, no projector, no TV screen. We had to beat on the tables of the children for drums. I beat on those tables so much, I had blood many times on my palm after church. But it wasn't a hard thing. It was just the joy of the Lord. If you believe in a big God, you start with a little in your hand, but you believe that the end will greatly increase. Though your beginning was small, your latter end will increase abundantly. Our university, Central University, started as a Bible school in a small garage at Dansoma. Just a small garage for one car. And it's not even a two-car garage. It's a one-car garage. In that one-car garage, we put a whiteboard there and started a Bible school. We put tables and chairs and had 12 students sitting there to learn. But that school is now teaching 10,000 students. If you're waiting for a big classroom and a big plot of land, you will never start. You start with the little in your hands. The third thing we learn from those two passages is that you always have to build towards your big vision. Although you start small, you must dream big. Job was told, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will greatly increase. That's good news for you and I. Keep your big vision in front of you. Keep the eyes on the big prize. And don't trade your big vision for short-term pleasure. Zerubbabel was encouraged. Although the foundation looks insignificant, the end will be great. The end will be great. It happens to all of us. You, you look at what you have and you compare with what others have. And many times we, we go home crying and weeping. I would never forget when I was in, uh, I think I was in middle school, class six or middle school form one. And we were doing a send-off for one of our teachers. Now all my life up to, until that time, I had never worn trousers before. I, had, I always wore shorts, you know. And I assumed that everybody my age wore shorts. So when they were doing the send-off party for this teacher, I had my three best friends in, in class six came because my house was closer to where they were doing the send-off. And uh, these friends came to pick me so that we go for the send-off party for our class teacher. And when they came, they were all wearing trousers, long trousers. I didn't think class six people wore trousers. And I felt so bad, I went to our room and I cried and cried and cried and cried. I said, I'm not going to the party again. I won't go to any party. I didn't have trousers. My mother came to encourage me the best way she could, both with threats and with love. <laughs> so I went to iron my shorts, white shorts, and wore it, and uh, there were four of us, four best friends. Trouser, 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 shorts. <laughs> Though your beginning is small, you wear trouser. Now I'm wearing trouser today. I'm wearing trouser. I'm wearing trouser. 
I didn't wear shorts forever. Thank God. I'm wearing trousers. It took a long time, but finally, I'm wearing trousers. So if you see me wearing trousers, it's a huge breakthrough in my life. Big time breakthrough to wear trousers. You have to build towards your big vision. All of us struggle with what we have and what other people have. And sometimes we cry. Sometimes we go into depression. Sometimes we despise ourselves because what we have is small. Exodus chapter 23, verse 27 and 30. This is what God said to Israel when they were going to the promised land. He says, I'll send my fear before you. I'll cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hevite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before you. Verse 29, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. The whole land is yours, but God says, it's not going to happen one year. You're going to do it little by little. Your vision will be taken little by little. Your dream will become real little by little. A few years ago, I came across a concept which I thought wasn't possible. And I, but I read it, and I kept re reading, trying to cross-reference and research it was about the power of folding a paper. If you just had a paper, like this one, just a piece of paper, A4, and you, you could fold it. You fold it once, you fold it twice. Now, if you could fold it 40 times, how high would this be? Now, many people would say, well, it would be like that if you fold it 50 times, 40 times, or 42 times, precisely. Uh, but the, the, what I read said, if you could fold this paper 42 times, the length of that paper, the width of it, would be the distance from Earth to the moon. Yeah? I said, that's not possible. Oh yes, it's possible. It's scientific fact. If you could fold this 42 times. If you fold it 52 times, you get to the sun. If you fold it 90 times, you get to the end of the universe. I know you don't believe me. I know you don't believe. I'm not going to stand here and lie to you. You don't believe. You say, the same thing I say, ah, that's not possible. By the way, you can't fold any paper more than seven times. Because by that time, it gets difficult. A few people have tried it and it's worked. But the maximum you can do on this earth is to fold paper 12 times over. You can't do it more than 12. For you to do that, you're going to need paper that is as big as the universe. But theoretically, if you can fold this paper 42 times, 
it will be the distance from the planet Earth to the moon. And uh, I could work the mathematics for you, but I'm not a mathematician, so I'm not going to work it for you. But it talks, it, it illustrates the power of exponential growth. The power of exponential growth. Uh, I, and you can, you can go online and, and just uh, Google fold paper 42 times. And you have, you have all the theories set out there. Power of exponential. It doesn't make sense to the mind, but it's true. And uh, I use that same power just to talk about the way money can grow. Money can grow over 41 years. The point I'm trying to make to you is that one, you can start small and you can grow. And the principle is don't cut short the growth process. Because if you have short-term agenda, you would never accumulate anything. We see it. If the Amazon River at the source is dammed, it would not be that big river. If somebody decides, I would not let it flow, I'm going to drink all the water from this source, it would just feed a family. But if you allow it to flow for 7,000 kilometers, it's going to be a huge river providing 20% of all the fresh water in the earth. You want to be a millionaire? It's easy. You're not going to steal it. You're not going to beg for it. But you can develop a program. You may not hit it in 20 years. You may not hit it in 30 years. But I can guarantee you, I've done all the mathematics. I've computed it. I've been doing it for weeks. And I can guarantee you, the average person, if they were able to commit to a 40-year plan of savings, their retirement will be sweet. This process where some of you have where you start saving, some of you cash in your social security, you cash in your provident fund, you cash in your investment to go and buy a car, to go and buy a furniture, to go and buy a TV. You are drinking your Amazon. You are drinking your Amazon. You have to allow the thing to flow. So part of the order I want everybody to bring into their lives. Don't cash your investments. You say, Pastor, I need money. It won't, it won't solve your money problem because by the time you cash it, it's insignificant. We saw it by the 10th, 11th year, that, that thing is just 1,000 something. It's insignificant. But if you allow it another 10 years, look at what it becomes. Allow it another 10 years. It's now mind-boggling. Another 10 years, you can't even write down the figures. I wish that was my number. One million. One trillion. I'm, I'm, I don't want trillion cities, no matter how much the city depreciates against the dollar. A trillion is a trillion. <laughs> Except a Zimbabwean trillion. But a Ghanaian trillion is a good trillion. I mean, the, the dollar can be one CD to a hundred. A trillion is a trillion. If you discount it by a uh, hundred, you still have some decent money to work with. 
you can build your resources. But you have to delay gratification. You have to hold your appetite. You have to stop competing with people for shoes and cloth and competing with people for food and, and trying to impress people with, 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 with these things. If, if, you, if you can hold yourself, there's nothing more annoying than a poor person who is competing. You are poor. You're competing with cloth and shoe. Somebody buys shoe. I, I let her know that Mitra can buy a shoe. You are wearing your Amazon. Some of you have been eating your Amazon. You've been drinking your Amazon, wearing your Amazon, driving your Amazon, watching your Amazon. If you had just waited a little bit, it's amazing what you should grow. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email 